This is the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast by Hunter Beal. Welcome back. Welcome back. Super excited with another episode, season three, episode six, 10 Minute Friday, The Millionaire Next Door. It's a book I've read and I'm super interested to dive into this because it's something that one thing I've noticed about book reviews is I'm super passionate about showing this information because it's just from the wisest guys that are like, no one really knows, but a lot of the business, so to say, financial gurus know of these people. And it's kind of like, I'm not saying hidden away, but a lot of people don't have this knowledge and don't have the time, so to say. I believe you have the time. You just don't make the time. I mean, there's times where I'm that same way. And I'm not trying to call you out or anything like that. I mean, like, realistically, if you don't want to read, then you don't have to read. That's that's that. So, um, But I love reading, so I love sharing short summaries of these books. And The Millionaire Next Door, I think, is a book that is just overall a really well-written book. And it dives in into basically what the title says, The Millionaire Next Door. It's like, okay, what does the millionaire next door kind of look like, sound like, do, whatever, um, so to say. Many of the millionaires don't live the high life. They budget wisely and maintain their affluence. So a lot of the studies that I that were within this book, and there's tables, there's evidence. So it was well written, and it provided evidence to show the proof, which I liked. I really liked this survey that was provided in the book. It says a survey of millionaires found that for every hundred millionaires who weren't budgeting and thinking about their financial future, there were 120 millionaires who certainly were. So that's telling you there are more millionaires budgeting and being smart with their money than there are millionaires who aren't budgeting and thinking about their future with their money. So planning and structuring expenses is a key to becoming a millionaire. That's that's something that I've, ver- I, I've noticed. A lot of millionaires set goals. A lot of millionaires, they set achievable goals. And I have this in another podcast that you're more than welcome to listen to. It's how, like, I believe it's like how to set goals or setting goals, whatever it may be. Um, and that episode deals with how to set goals that are realistic. You can measure them. It's using the SMART um, key word acronym, which I think is very helpful. So if you're interested in that episode, you can check it out. I'm not going to talk about it too much here, but what's very important with millionaires is that they plan and they structure their expenses and how much they make. To start, they set a goal, like I said, such as having a certain amount of cash tucked away for retirement. Then they budget their expenses, living costs, and invest investments. So like right now, a goal of mine is to invest 15 to 20%. I got to see because I, I have to meet these budgeting plans that I have. I have to, um, I pay for like my food for college, um, all this other stuff, gas, all this, all these expenses that um, I'm not going to list off all the expenses, but I have to save up for this. And I know I did it last semester and I did really, I mean, last school year and I did really, really well. And I was really proud of myself because um, I was able to meet all these budgeting goals by working my butt off in the summer. And then I was able to chill a bit when school came around, which 
I'm, I'm super grateful for um, that I'm able to budget and take time off and I have this internship and I have most of my expenses paid for living, all this stuff. They don't pay for gas or anything like that, but that's the expensive part in California. Um, but living is way more expensive. So super grateful for that. But I'm planning and budgeting and I, I noticed that's a super popular thing within millionaires. Am I a millionaire? No. But you have to start act, not acting, but planning and structuring your goals like a millionaire in order to become a millionaire. And I'm not saying that money is everything. I have another podcast talking about how money isn't everything. So I think it's very important to say, like, I'm not doing it for the money, but I'm being smart with my money. So when I retire, I have that financial freedom that I want. It doesn't matter if I'm working for $30,000 a year or for $120,000 a year salary, I will become a millionaire. And I know that through budgeting. People that make a household income of $60,000 a year are able to become millionaires if they invest because the stock market uh, at a yield makes 12%. And that's since the stock market has opened since now. 12% return on your money, which on average, if you diversify your account, which many investors will tell you to do so, that's just one of the basic top things. There's a lot of people who are like, day trade, blah, 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 blah. Some people are, can do it. Some people can't. But patterns fall apart. So the safest long-term investment is diversifying your account. And I realized this, I'm investing in index funds and all this other stuff and making sure that I'm being wise and budgeting. So I think that was very interesting that the book mentioned this. True millionaires believe financial independence is more important than social status. And there was a lot of examples the book gave that I'm not going to give all the examples, but there were a lot of people. There's some people that make, um, you don't, you have no idea the person that you live next to, um, doesn't matter whatever neighborhood you're in. If it's just like a, a middle income house, there's, there's a report that like a lot of millionaires are actually in like middle income, um, neighborhoods or houses until they retire and then they get a nicer house but it's very interesting to see that they don't care about the flashiness and they're okay with it but they're saving a boatload of money and no one realizes it Every, like um i i met a humble guy who is uh, a vice president of a company and i remember me and him talking about family and getting personal and he talked about how like the neighborhood he lived in and how he loved it and he was he was not giving me hints that he made a lot of money or anything like this, but I put two pieces together and it took a while after talking with him for a while and working with him for over a semester, I realized that he lived in a middle income uh, housing neighborhood and this man was making a boatload of money. He was the vice president of a company that was huge. So it's like a lot of these millionaires don't care to show off flashy things. And actually, it's reported that more people that are flashy and show you stuff are actually more likely to not have as much money than people that are living in middle income um houses that don't show money. I mean, it's insane. There's people, the, the reports go on and on and on and on about people showing, uh, driving the brand new BMW, Mercedes, Lamborghini, Ferrari. But the person that doesn't do that and just lives a normal lifestyle makes and makes more than them, like, it's it's insane. Like, it blows my mind. And on top of that, there's people that, uh, that don't make as much money and try to live that high lifestyle, try to get in those upper middle class house ranges where a lot of those people that actually live there are making way more than um, where they should be at. Like they should be at, in a mansion. What They shouldn't, but they like with society looking at it, 
they should like be in a mansion or whatever, but they're living in this place. And it was actually reported and it's income is very important because net worth and net worth is even more important because you can make a half a million a year or a million a year. It doesn't matter. But if you spend that half million or all that million money you make, your net worth is zero every single year. Every single year. So the person that's making $45,000, a fraction of what the millionaire is making, and he's saving and investing his money, actually has more of a net worth. And this is held constant with no assets or anything like that. I know like if a millionaire buys like a Ferrari, he technically has a bigger asset, whatever it may be. But saving-wise and investing-wise, the person that makes $45,000 a year is able to attain and make more for his net worth than the millionaire is. And it's crazy that these people can do this. And um, it just blows my mind, the books and the statistics. I highly recommend this book. I was just blown away. So the book gives you an equation. And I'm going to use an example the book um, gave. And they use odd names. So just ignore it. It says, Mr. Friend earned 221000 one year. Since Mr. Friend is 48 years old, his expected worth would be 48 multiplied by 221000 then divided by... By 10, which equals $1,060,800. By, um, but by squashing his cash on luxury goods, Mr. Friend's actual net worth is less than $260,000. He's no millionaire. In fact, he's a big hat, no castle guy also known as an underaccumulator of wealth. And the book gives many examples. I highly recommend. I'm not going to dive into all of the examples. Another topic the book talked about in the chapter is millionaires know where and how to invest their cash. Invest in what you know. So it gave a widespread of data that shows there's money to be made just about everywhere. And it doesn't matter where you do it. Money can be made here in the pharmacy, here in business, here in nurse, whatever it may be, whatever your field is, there is money to be made. It's best to invest in what you know. So an example of the uh, stock market, I've always been told to um, invest in what you like so you are passionate about researching that company and understanding how they're going to perform and knowing how the stock market performs. It's a lot of steps in it, but going down to the fact where you should choose a company you like, like I like Tesla. So a good investment for me is Tesla because it doesn't matter really how it's doing. Eventually with how Tesla's going, it's it's making a streamline up. So I'm not going to get into super detail about that, but I like Tesla so I'm able to research and understand it. Another thing that the book talked about is many millionaires share their wealth with their children, even though it hinders them. And there was, again, what I loved about this book is just the amount of evidence and tables and data it showed to prove this. And it showed that like a lot of the millionaires that are surround, like there's some people like you might question, like how the hell do they live in that house? And like, he doesn't, I always see the cars at home. Like they don't work, blah, blah, blah. You have to think there's been a lot of millionaires in the past and they, when they die, that money has to go somewhere. So it gives it to people. And these people, um, the sons and daughters spend it like wildfire and end up living this crazy lifestyle that's not sustainable. And if it is sustainable, it's sustainable for their lifetime. And it's not for 
their kids or the, the person that owned all the money, their grandkids, it, it was meant to be like this generational wealth. Instead, it's just one generation's wealth and they're being greedy and just lighting this money on fire and living this high life status. And I thought it was very interesting how this money can hinder um, kids because they think that they are going to make this much money, that they don't have to work as hard, they don't have to put in as much effort, they don't have to seek this knowledge, whatever it may be. I think that was a really good chapter and it's very interesting. I'm not going to dive too much more into it, but it's definitely interesting and you should definitely read it and check it out. Another topic the book talked about is the most financial dependent children receive the largest share of the family inheritance, which is statistically proven, which I thought was very interesting because they are more likely to know what to do with that money, invest it wisely and not burn it like wildfire. And those last couple topics that I was talking about was not necessarily important. I don't think a main focus, but it's something for you to dive in more with the book, The Millionaire Next Door. It's a super old book, and it's funny. Uh, I invest a decent amount. I would say like 3 or 5% of my income into books and knowledge. I, I value it highly, and I understand that's a big investment, especially being young and being bestowing all this knowledge will only set me up for success and to know this because a lot of people are skeptical, and they don't even realize what they're doing, like spending money on wildfire, not realizing that they need to budget. They just don't have the knowledge. So I, I realize that reading more and more and more books, I think I'm on my 30s. 30th book, something like that for this year. Well, I shouldn't say this year, this school year. So the entire school year ended, but now I'm in the summer. So it's like the 30th book, which is just insane to me. I'm trying to, um, by the end of new year's read 50 books. And it's just like this knowledge that bestows me. And I don't remember everything, but I think it's very important to bestow this knowledge. And a lot of people, I think, especially with the millionaire next door, it, it shows you how to budget and it shows you the statistics, the data, the everything into it. And it's like, most of these millionaires are people that save money, invest money, and you. It, there's no way of telling how they're a millionaire, and that's the, that's the cr craziest thing about it. Like you, most of the millionaires you meet, you don't even know you meet them because they don't show off. They understand what to do with their money. The final summary of this book is that the typical millionaire isn't at all Hollywood glizzy and glamour. Many live below their means saving and budgeting money diligently and spending it intelligently if you constantly adhere to those simple standards you too could become a millionaire and some actionable advice is cash looks better in your bank account than on your body and i love that taking that quote i'm gonna say it one more time cash looks better in your bank account than it looks on your body you don't have to wear gucci you don't have to wear balenciaga you don't have to wear michael Kors. you don't have to get these designer things designer wallets designer purses designer shoes all this jazz watches blah 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 blah. and there was so much data and analysis on this it was just it blew my mind that like most millionaires don't spend more than they spend on average like less than $300 on a watch and like crazy stuff like that. Like just little things like that it showed analysis on and it just blew my mind. But yeah, this was the review and I hope you like this. Many more to come in the future. And 10 Minute Friday turned out to 15 Minute Friday. So I'm going to have to change the title. So bear with me. But um, I love this book and I hope you guys enjoy it. With that being said, cue the Outro. This was the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Remember, cash looks better in your bank account than on your body. I'll see you on the next episode.